let everyone know who you are, what you do, and, and I guess kind of a, a quick introduction to Groover. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Dorian, one of the co-founders of Groover. Uh, I started the company uh, end of 2017. Actually, we didn't start the company at that point. We were just a few uh, friends um, with a bit of experience of the music industry, but very young, uh, and we wanted to help independent musicians. So I had started a music blog on my side, which is called like Indeflagration, which is a shitty name, but it's <laughs> it's in French. So you can look it up, but it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough time. Uh, <laughs> and um, and so I was receiving so many submissions from artists through my emails, uh, even though it wasn't a big blog. Like the content was nice, but we didn't have like a big audience. It was really like a passion project on my side. Uh, and my co-founders, Roma, had already um, uh, released an EP, released music, and struggled a lot to um, get it heard and get in touch with people who could actually help him get his music out there. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, so we wanted to help independent musicians, and at, and we started this like entrepreneurship program uh, at UC Berkeley in California, and we had an idea of what we wanted to do, which was very different, a bit different from what we're doing right now. Um, and we started by talking to around 200 musicians and music professionals, um, spending 30 minutes, one hour with them. It's, it lasted a month. And we asked very often questions about um, what they were doing, what they liked the most, uh, what was their main issues. And what we realized is that um, at first, what we wanted to do was work on a full-service kind of marketplace for musicians to help them find someone for their music video, find someone for um, their artwork, or someone to take photos of them, yeah. uh, help them make a distribution or a record label, like very, very large scale. And when we talked with musicians, what we realized is that most of them um, they are very autonomous on all the production, the creative part. They find yeah. brands, they can do it by themselves, they can produce the music. And the biggest issue that we found was about once I release my music, how do I get more than my mom and my dog listening to my music? It was like ending yeah. 20 to 30 minutes monologues about it. only this. And we were like, we can't focus on something else than this. Like, we need to focus on just this um, and, and that's how we, we actually started it was a, um, a Google form in a WordPress website with a PayPal button and something I would have never paid on uh, with a few websites on there that were mainly um, some uh, blogs that I knew and, and did like and I had yeah. like and uh, people were paying on the other side, we were saying Google Forms to the blog so they could answer, and they were answering, and the artists were happy, and we were like, okay, this is very scrappy, but we got something. Um, at first, at first, like people, like, we were counting our revenue in terms of the number of the pokes, Pokeballs, you know that? Or, like, like uh, we were able to, to, to buy with that because we were always- Oh, like, uh, Pokeballs, like the, um, the like yeah. rice and rice and fish and stuff, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and we were always going to the same place in Berkeley, and they were like, how many of those can we pay with what we're getting? Yeah. <laughs> so it was really about this at first. 
Um, and um, and so it, it started like this, and we realized that it was really bringing value. Uh, and so, so when we came back to Paris after five months, it was uh, early 2018, we decided we had finished our studies, um, and we really decided to go 100% on that project with my co-founders, uh, Raphael and Romain, who we were three at first. Um, and the idea was really to develop on that idea uh, that is very close uh, and exactly the same model of what Summit Hub does. Uh, mm -hmm. But the idea and what we realized when we were talking to musicians is that, especially musicians in France and in Europe, either they didn't know about Summit Hub or they had used it and they were a bit disappointed because it's not very adapted for local music, like in terms of for French musicians and French independent musicians, it, uh, yeah. it didn't feel that people on there were, were, were going to be interested in their music. So we focused a lot on building a community in France of music creators and pros in order to service the French market for us. Now, now it's like yeah. full international, but we still kept that kind of market by market strategy, building communities yeah. of creators in specific areas. Um, I, I found that really cool when, when I was submitting my music on Groover that um, it's not like, so there's a whole bunch of places who are only accepting, for example, French artists, but yeah. there's also some Brazilian curators who are only accepting Brazilian artists. And so there's some curators on there who are localized, which is kind of cool because it, it means that those artists that are pitching to those people are probably going to have a way better chance of getting in. So you kind of get like an, a local advantage, which is a cool idea and it's not like most people don't have that localization feature on i noticed but it's it's cool right because obviously growing your local market can matter a lot depending on what you do entirely and it was like from the beginning our idea because we, we like there's so much music but there there's a lot of music that is um that, that has this like localized aspect um and they can work on specific and specific territories especially um, uh, related to language, like um, a song yeah. in Italian is probably going to work better on the Italian market. Um, and so we had this idea from the start of building these kind of communities. And we did that in a very human, human way uh, because we work with ambassadors and they work with us. Some of them have become like full members of the team, especially our Brazilian ambassador is now like a full member of the team. He's coaching the other ambassadors actually. Uh, and he's like a, an amazing guy at Tago, uh, and he built like the whole presence of Gruber in Brazil by himself, mm. like all of us, like with the tools that we have. And we had this, I didn't know anything about Brazil, and he, he actually reached out at some point saying, this, this could work in Brazil, and I was like, I don't know, you can uh, maybe, you can try to reach out to some of them, and we can talk in a month or so. And like in 24 hours, he got like 10 media outlets <laughs> for amazing. It was like, Okay, let's work together. Let's see what it is. And if you go yeah. on Instagram on our like Groover.br account, like at Groover.br, it's huge. It's like really? this is insane. Like people love Groover in Brazil. I don't understand a thing that is really yeah. this, but it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few other things that made Groover stand out to me compared to like Submit Hub. Is so the one is that localization feature, but also. Um, the way you can filter people by like their industry experience is really cool because and i 
I probably, sh if I was smart, I would have pulled this up ahead of time so I could just look at it. But like when you pick a campaign, there's there's some category. It's not just like choose like a blog or or a Spotify playlist. There's some way to select like if the person's in. I think like in, if they're in like production or if they're in like PR or something. I, I can you kind of go over some of that? Yeah, of course. Um, it, it actually came in a very organic way because at first we were focusing a lot on blogs because I had like a music blog and we knew that need. And especially yeah. in 2017, 2018, it was still bigger. Like blogs are not as big as they were at the time. They were they were already on the low in the way, like before, yeah. after like the rush around blogs and the blog. But it, it was still very relevant and artists were requesting a lot about that. And Spotify playlist at the time, especially in France, because we usually late in France compared to the US. Like uh, Spotify playlist is what it has become a thing later than in the US, for instance. Uh, and so we were focusing a lot on blogs at first, and when we were reaching out to record labels, first we, we thought they would be more interested in like using it as a promotion tool. Um, and a lot of them actually told us, why can't we also receive tracks and submissions? Um, hmm. Lots of them were very interested. So we started more and more to include different kinds, different types of people who could bring value to the artist, but were of a different, uh, had a different role and could bring a different value to artists. So, and basically the way it's, it's summed up now, it's three, three big categories. Uh, yeah. The first one would be the ones who can bring visibility to, uh, to artists. So it would be blogs, radios, journalists, Spotify playlist creators, YouTube channels, and we including more and more and we will have a dedicated uh, category dedicated to social media influencers, which is not limited to TikTok, it can be TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. But we have some of those now. They are more under like the media outlets uh, tab, but it's more relevant to create a whole category around that and we want to, be, to um, include those. So it will be in the category soon. Um, this is the first one. The second one would be people you can reach out to because you want to build your team. Uh, you mm -hmm. want to find your entourage and people to work with. So it would be record labels, publishers, bookers, managers. And the third category is people who can bring more detailed advice about your production or your project. So it would be sound engineers, uh, managers who are also mentors or coaches, um, training, training experts. Um, it's more about like when you have a demo, for instance, or you really want some detailed feedback about your music and you want to focus on those people who are gonna spend a bit more time to give you that advice, those advice. Um, so it's really about that and these three uh, categories of people are the main ones and you can also focus yeah. on the specific subcategories here. So if you want, really want to find a record label, you can really focus on record label. You can also focus on yeah. radios if you want to. I, I, I found the option in there, so I'm, I'm gonna block your face for a moment just so I can show people. Um, but when you're searching through Groover, this is the three categories he was talking about. So like in the promotion categories, all this stuff and the partnership, there's so like if you wanted to just select reaching out to labels or managers or sync supervisors or whatever, or you're looking for like coaching, like mentor sound experts, like you could hit them up. Um, if you don't necessarily care about, you know, getting on blogs and Spotify playlists at this time, which is kind of a cool differentiating factor because um, I feel like if you guys were just the same as Submit Hub, it would be kind of like, what's the point 
of using either yeah. you or Submit Hub, and um, which is obviously not good for business reasons, right? <laughs> you don't want to be competing yeah. with the the big like well known platform that's out there. Yeah, entirely. Um, and um, and and to be fair, like uh, it's interesting because we really had from the start this uh, wish to be able to bring people that were not going to use Summit Hub or what didn't know about it. Um, of course, some of Summit Hub creators signed up to Brewer, so you yeah. will have some of those who are on both platforms, but we never reached out to them. Uh, it was a big yeah. thing because I think it's maybe one of the reasons why Jason, I think, respect, respects us a bit uh, compared to the other platforms. I, I don't know what, I don't want to talk for him like that. Yeah. He, he's probably, he can express like what he thinks about us, of course. Um, but I think he respects us more than some other platforms because we had a very different approach and we tried to bring people yeah. that were not already using some kind of not using the platform. Um, and it was this idea of really bringing the people that can help the audience. And it's not always easy because for the message, it can be different because when you're looking, when you're releasing a track and you're trying to get visibility, it's not the same at all when there's the same time as when you want to reach out to record labels and you want to... Yeah. You can build like some partners around you if you want to get some feedback. It's like three very different values, and some artists want to get it all. Some want to focus on something very um, specific uh, on the platform, and and it was what we wanted here, like to help them target really people that could be interesting for them. And we saw that, like for instance, in Brazil and Italy, people really reach out, reaching out locally, mm. um, and getting some success. Like we we had like. Recently, we have a, a very cool Quebec-based record label called uh, Rosemary Records. They sign mostly French-speaking artists, and they actually discovered a Quebec-based, like Canadian artist on the platform that they decided to sign. And they don't sign a lot of artists every year. It's like two or yeah. three artists. Uh, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like entirely local, entirely in a different place." And and it's so cool to see that happening. Um, yeah. And and it's definitely one of the things we want. For sure, I guess on that on that note, like you're doing, there's a lot of local aspects to Groover. Um, how many curators? Well, I want to say curators. How many different types of entities accepting submissions are there on on Groover right now? Um, so we talk about creators and professionals. So we yeah. didn't find like one single word because at first we were using like music influencers and people didn't understand, and we were not very at ease with the word because it's 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 different and people were like confounding it with like Instagram influencers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so we use like music curators and professionals. Mm. Um, and we have, so right now, like if you go on the website, I think it's around 1700 curators who are oh, actually wow. active right now. Uh, but it's on a pool that's much larger. So we, we have, um, because some of them go on holiday, especially in August or December. Yeah. Um, we have some that we decide to deactivate because we we see that they don't bring enough value to the artist, so they're not like respecting the guidelines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we have like new people signing up every day, um, so it's around like a population of 1,700 creators and professionals. Uh, but it can vary a lot, uh, and if you come at some point and come the, the following week, a lot of them would have changed the ones you can see on the platform. Yeah. So that, that's a lot. I mean, I have no idea how it compares to, to all the other. I mean, there's 
So obviously we talked a little bit about SubitHub. There's also Playlist Push, which is another different value proposition. And then there's also Muso Soup, completely yeah. different thing as well. Um, and there's what, Label Radar? I don't even know if that's still a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know either, but I, I think it's like it's more about like uh, managing your demo submission. Uh, yeah. Label Radar. I've never used Label Radar, but I know a bit more about like Place Push and Muso Soup. I actually yeah. met the guys from uh, Place Push at South by this year oh really nice yeah they, they did a meetup there and we met and it was really nice like it was because we actually arrived and we're like so it was fun because we arrived and it was like hey we're, we're from Groover and he arrived and was like no no don't come in don't come in and stuff like that. <laughs> it was actually it was very fun like they're, they're really nice nice guys and they actually that what we're saying it's like totally a different way of working because you pay more like a flat fee um, and then uh, they're able to push your, your music to right. uh, big uh, place creators and I think but it's a bit less transparent but you can also have some very big uh, value from the different place creators they focus on and also TikTok and the For music soup I'm a bit more bittersweet. Uh, <laughs> well, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it doesn't mean, yeah, probably doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, I am because I think I, I understand what they 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 want to do, and yeah. I think they want to do it for the good reasons. Um, but I, we really have like a strong principle, and I think that Jason at Summit Hub has the same about not paying uh, creators for placement, like yeah. not do pay for play and pay for placement, um, and not pay the content creation, but pay the music discovery time. Uh, and leave them the entire the entire freedom and liberty to decide to share or not a track, and not being incentivized to share it because they they're gonna be paid. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird platform on Muso Soup. Like, they do have a bunch of mechanisms in place to control a little bit, like how much the pay per play is. But at the end of the day, it really is like a like you're you're literally paying for placement. I mean, now there's always a free alternative. So if you don't pay for that, they have to share some kind of free thing. However, um, what a lot of the curators on there have, have been doing is, you know, you'll you'll just get blind pitches to your sign. Like, oh, I'll share this to this place for five bucks or 10, well, five pounds or 10 pounds. But the thing is, um, they, they feel like the, the messages read like they've never seen your song before. Like I, I submitted an album, for example, on Muso Soup, just to kind of get yeah. some blog write-ups, and all the yeah. things I was getting from these these curators or whatever were saying things along the lines of, "Oh, I really liked your song. I'd like to share it to my Spotify playlist." And so it's like, okay, well, they didn't even see it's an album, right? Because they said song, and then they're going to share the whole thing to their Spotify playlist. Like obviously, this person didn't read it. And I think fifty percent of all the the things I got offered were the stuff like that. We're obvious just people see a submission and they just pitch to it and try to ask for 10 pounds from each one but there were there still are some good platforms on there and the prices are reasonable like we want yeah. five pounds to get a blog right up and this pretty good quality no, blog it's and, stuff. and it, it's not about like I, I don't think at all that is uh, it is uh, like um, I don't know something that's bad of money or investment for the yeah. artist it's more like the principle that I think yeah. is dangerous because it puts the, the bloggers or the creators in the positions of uh, trying to become content creators and proposing to everybody 
as a as someone would create like would write a blog post for a company like you, you know you know I think yeah. like a content writer who's not who doesn't even want his name to be associated to the article which is like it's more about um, and I think it's dangerous because we we've had a few outlets that are using users that are using users and they were using Google as well and they started to try to do the same with the artists on the platform like reaching out to them through emails and asking them to pay more mm-hmm. to actually have the article. And, uh, and we, we totally opposed to that, so we banned them. Yeah. And they didn't understand, and it was more like, uh, but we get paid for all our articles. And there are places in the world, like especially, I, I feel that in Australia and in the UK, they're very used to that, like to being paid for the article they write and yeah. they produce. Not all of them, but some of the outlets there. Um, and, and it was like, I feel that it's encouraging that, um, and I feel that it's troubling the editorial line. And so, sorry, it's like it's such like an interesting issue that. Um, yeah. The, the the reason is I think artists who are using uh, platforms like this, when they get in touch with music creators, bloggers, radios, labels, what they want is the visibility, but they also want the recognition. Like they want the recognition of. This person has listened to them to my music. They like it and they want to share it, and they don't share everybody. Right. It's like, and and this is a very important thing. Uh, I was in a the important meeting in France with all the press magazines um, that are still alive in France, like the written like the written paper there. They're, they're not a lot. <laughs> they were all there. With also uh, there were a lot of very famous PR agents and independent record labels. They invited me. I was like, I'm gonna get killed by all the PR agents there. I don't know. So I was like there in the in the meeting room. Um, and it was very interesting because the debate was about that, about what are we useful? Like, what is Rolling Stone France useful? Like, what like the Les Arts is one of the biggest ones here. Basically, Les Arts, uh, like Tsugi is a big one here. And it's like, what is it useful? Because like people don't read us anymore. We don't have subscriptions. So why should we be kept alive? And the reason that came out was artists really value and people really value the fact of artists being featured by you guys because the brands are important mm. um, and it was it, it's really about that and like a lot of artists tell us about how it's important to get brand recognition and actually when you do like a editorial playlist pitch for spotify for instance and you do it as a distributor saying that you've been featured in this and this and this big magazine yeah. is actually a way to to strengthen your pitch same when you want to be featured on a festival or you want to reach out to a festival, having been approved by this yeah. magazine, this magazine can help. So it's more like about the legitimacy and the recognition you can get. And when the, the, the media outlet can get paid for featuring, uh, they will be incentivized to accept everything to be paid yeah. in return. And so what with the editorial and what they share with you and what? Right, yeah, no, that that's... That's a fantastic point. And I have heard from various uh, various people who have done big PR campaigns that it, there are actually a number of pretty popular, established, trustworthy blogs that just straight up accept bribes to get coverage. <laughs> like like they'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're in an article for you. We love the song. That'll be a thousand dollars or whatever. Thank you. You know, and so uh, but you're right, you know, because because that's kind of as much as it sucks to say, like that's kind of a different playing field than 
when it's like if every single blog online or every single curator has a has a financial incentive to do it then it's like nothing matters anymore um and so i i, I much prefer the the pay for pay for pitch no guarantee model like when people ask right. me what what yeah, yeah. And, and when people ask me what you know they're, they're looking for a spotify playlisting service I tell them, don't use any service that promises you anything. Because if they're promising you anything, like let's say they are actually doing things the right way and they're actually pitching your things to curators behind the scenes, they're just doing it for you. Well, then if they can't get you the thing they promised with good playlists, the, their option at that point is either refund you the rest of your money or throw you on the worst playlists imaginable just to hit the goal line, right? And so, um, you know, Groover, Submithub, Playlist Push, all you guys do, you do the pay for consideration, um, which I think is is the way you want to do it. Um, and I've talked to the Muso Soup guy. Um, I haven't done a video with him. Um, and he his his intentions are like, like perfect. Like he's... Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's, that's he's right, a... Right. His, his approach, yeah. Yeah, like he, he's, a, he's a cool guy. He genuinely wants to have things be legit. Um, and he's very active in his community and he polices his curators, you know, when they do something sketchy, he'll, he'll ban them and then make an example of them to all the other curators in his, in his Facebook group. And so he's doing it for the right reasons, but you're, you know, it is, it's a sketchy thing. Um, a lot of this, this kind of submitting to, to people, it's, it's a weird kind of industry that's popped up in the past. Like, I don't know. I don't know when. So you guys started in 2017. I don't know when the other guys started. Yeah, it, it's, it was like we started the company officially beginning of 2018, and the website was live October 2018. So it's like so you're, you're quite and new. Music, yeah, I think we just arrived a bit earlier, uh, probably. Um, and and there was like at that point there was like only Summit Hub and Facebook who were like already there, uh, and they improved everything all the time for it. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason, like, I think his intentions are really good, the guy from you. So I think the reason why I feel that it's not the perfect solution is that I think he's trying to please everybody. Yeah. So yeah. he's trying to please the artist and please the media outlets and please everybody at the same time and try to say yes to every request. In a way. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to really work on that connection, on the connection and on both. While it's interesting because on uh, Jason's side for Summit Hub, I think he started his company by really wanting to serve the creators because he was himself like a blogger. I think he says in himself that he wanted to serve the creators, the bloggers, uh, how to help them manage their submissions. And then he realized the impact he had on artists and it became also a priority and also yeah. maybe even focus for him. Um, while on our side, what's what's been central from the start and maybe differentiate us, maybe not in a very uh, um, noticeable way, is the fact that from the start, our goal has always been to help artists. Like yeah. for us creators, and I'm a blogger myself, but <laughs> bloggers and radios, and don't get offended if some are, are, are looking, <laughs> but you're like a means to an end. Like yeah, the goal yeah. is to help artists uh, get the music out there, get the music heard, get more audience, uh, and um, uh, 
bringing good service to the creators is a way for artists to get a good service. So even our right. greatest team that we build out, and very recently actually, um, is focused on one of the key metrics that they're measuring is the artist satisfaction from the feedback from the creators. So it's it's really something that's central on our side is we we want to empower and help artists get the music heard. It's like yeah. here uh, and and. We haven't read it on the wall in the offices, but close. Like it's 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 in our minds all the time. Yeah, you guys are actually kind of a big company, right? I I found your it's kind of it was kind of like a LinkedIn website, but like a French version of LinkedIn. I forget what it was called, but it was like we are something dot com. We are. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was, <laughs> it, was, it was something like on your website. I found your your company bio page, and you have like thirty employees or something, right? Yeah, it, it, it grew a lot. Um, <laughs> like that's that's kind of like when I talked to Jason, I think they had like four people in their yeah, whole team, and yeah, they are like they have maybe five or six. Yeah. I don't know, but they're not. I don't think that a lot more than that. And I think one of the reasons is that Jason is probably a genius, uh, <laughs> and is uh, I think he's like the only developer. He's just, and he's yes, not even a software developer. He just like picked it up for fun. He's like an incredible developer and with a vision of what he wants to do, which is super rare. Like it, 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 it doesn't exist a lot and it doesn't exist in most companies. Yeah. Um, and he has this vision, this process, this like mindset. And, and on top of that, he's probably become, because I think he, wasn't a developer at first and he became uh, an an amazing developer and he has the tool mastery of what he's doing and he reminds me of the guy who founded C-Baby I don't know if you've uh, read his uh, book which is called like uh, Anything You Want Um, Hmm. no I haven't uh, um, um, I think it's Derek Sievers I think it's his name Um, and he talks about that the fact that he started to work before PayPal existed um, the button to be able to to set to sell his CDs online, and then his friends asking for <laughs> to access. So he created CD Baby that way. And yeah. he was the only developer for numerous years, and like uh, he even like uh, coded everything at some point. And at some point, he sold the company. But it, it's kind of the same kind of like I think people who are able to manage everything and be super clever about that. Um, I'm not a developer. Um, I did the first website on WordPress. Uh, I know like HTML, CSS, but I'm I'm not able like I wouldn't have had to spend so much more time on on all that to be able to comprehend how to do it. Um, yeah. And what happened is that we started by having some interns who helped us develop the website, um, hiring, and actually to have like a very strong tech team, product team, and working on the. Um, user experience to have a cool design to have something that's smooth and works correctly and everything you actually normally need a very big tech team right. <laughs> and not just one person um, and and um, and also we were really strong on one of the differentiators i don't know if you had that sense when using rivers the user experience is very different um, yeah. we tried to work on a very different kind of design a different experience something that's um, more close to the artist and maybe um, yeah. nice in a way. That's what we, we tried to do, actually. There, uh, uh, my experience was that I both, there were aspects of it I liked more 
than some of the other options out there. And there were also aspects of it that I liked less than others out there. And so that like makes a lot of sense. the, like, I, you know, I mean, the submit hub comparison is just, it's going to keep coming up, but <laughs> with, with like submit hub, you can shoot, you can look at like, if they're a playlist curator, you can see their exact playlists right listed there. Um, and I think, if you think you can still get it on yours, it's I don't something remember. Working on. Uh, oh, so it's not it, there yet. It's close to it, but, but it's you can you can click on their bio and then you can find their Spotify and then go and and comb through their stuff that or the website. It's less detailed. It's less detailed than on Summit Hub, uh, and Summit Hub has um, more features. Yeah, um, they've been out there for more time. I think Jason has a very cool understanding of everything related to that. Um, and and he's able to ship some new amazing features in a record amount of time, which is crazy and uh, it's so cool. Yeah. But we're not trying to change that. So we're really focusing on uh, like the needs of our users and trying to prioritize what will be the next thing that's the most needed now. Um, and I think we even started to have some things that maybe they got inspired a bit of. But of course, we can, I cannot even like speak about it because we got inspired by so much of what they do <laughs> that it's not even like. But um, yeah. but we working on like things and trying to find our own priority way more than like trying to chase the features. Um, and uh, and we have some of the things they have which is amazing on this platform that we don't have yet, but we plan to have at some point. Some things they have that we don't want to have. Um, I, I like the. Um the feature you have where you can just say what your budget is and yeah. then you kind of recommend stuff because but but like you don't have to just take whatever you whatever you're giving them um you can yeah. say i have this budget and you'll recommend some stuff after they filter everything and then they can choose it but they don't have to choose all of that and so it's kind of like this feature that kind of puts you in between like the playlist push which curates everything for you based on genre but you're stuck with what you get in between submit hub where you get so much information you're just kind of overwhelmed um so that's kind of what i what i felt when i because i think um and just i guess in, to disclose it you you gave me some free credits to try out the platform and so when i when i use those credits i think i use that feature um among the filters and stuff to try to figure out you know who i was going to pitch to and kind of see how things went um and yeah it's cool yeah we yeah, and, and even like the the filter section, like we're working on the whole we, we work on the filter section on our side, and I so like the final mockups, and I try to contribute a lot to it because it was like so important. Even if we like thirty people, as you were saying, I'm still working <laughs> very hands on, um, and uh, and I'm super excited about what's coming because it's going to be so much more easy to use. Um, we're working on. Um, there are some cool features like the favorites list that are going to be pushed much more. Uh, we have some automated list of curators that are more like playlists, like algorithmic playlists and stuff like that. And we have something that's not visible that's that's working, um, which is our recommendation algorithm. So we have a full data team of three people working on it. And we don't put this, but when you fill in your profile and you put some information there, when you do a first campaign, we start putting this into action. And actually, the the way the creators are ranked is based on that uh, recommendation algorithm. Um, cool. That's why we usually recommend artists to not fill in too many jars on their profile. 
uh, because if they do so, it's going to be very random, like the recommendations you get. Um, but if you focus on like maximum two or three jars, like music jars, you're gonna be have you're gonna have some recommendations that are gonna be very relevant most of the time, uh, especially if the music is kind of precise in the way. But sometimes we get we have a lot of people asking us like, why is the jar of my music? And and uh, and sometimes it's it's actually very complicated. Uh, and but but like most of the time, like we're gonna we're gonna get some cool recommendations for that. And it's also yeah. something. That's important is that we try to be very, very present on the, the chat, the chat system, and, and the way people can interact with us when they have an issue. Uh, it's been something I've been obsessed by since the beginning, uh, and we try to answer very quickly when we are. We also, mm -hmm. of course, have some downtime. Uh, yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still trying to answer like on the weekends and trying to really help the artists, and we more like just like solving the issue, trying to. Um, help them target the right ones. Um, when sometimes they have like very random questions about stuff that are not related at all with Google, but we still try to answer. We have a blog yeah. that maybe you saw uh, that with a lot of articles helping the audience and giving them advice. It's called the Google um, Blog. I don't even think I did see that. <laughs> it's actually, like a, we have a lot of traffic on that. Um, huh. Like we have, we have. How to get more Spotify streams without cheating. That's one of your, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we, we, we've written recently a lot of uh, articles about Reddit, Reddit subreddits and how you can promote music and Reddit and stuff. So it's mm -hmm. not like related directly to what we do on Google, it's more about helping artists. Right, right. Some good old content marketing too and SEO as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it works. It actually works really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I in Portuguese or something. Yeah, um, um, I, I am on my channel, Ryan from Indie Music Academy, um, and he gets, I won't say how much, and I also don't remember how much, but he gets like an obscene amount of traffic from his blog. Like, I think he gets more from his blog than his YouTube channel. And he writes fantastic blogs. And the, the Google SEO thing, it, it matters a lot. So any of you watching on the music artist side, if, if you start a dope blog, like it, it can actually move some serious numbers. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be consistent and also to find some queries that are not very much tackled in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, we, we we also had some success with it because there were a lot of content. There was a lot of content in English, but there was not a lot of content in French. So we really mm. like that. So you're, you're like dominating the French music marketing blog platform, probably. I, I think so right now. Like we're probably the, one of the leaders in yeah. France for sure. In the US, not at all. But we still have a lot of traffic because it's so much bigger. Uh, and, right. and actually, we have more traffic now from the US than from France on blog. Uh, yeah. And um, and yeah, if it was about like being consistent on that, I think we have close to between 50k and 100k unique visitors per month on the blog solely um and if we it, it we have more on on the website but actually we have so many people who discover Google through the blog and we have like so many mm -hmm. people telling us that um the blog articles that helped them or um gave uh, gave them some insights interesting insights so like it, yeah. it pushes us to go and, and just to go back on the 30 people thing so yeah, we have like an amazing team of between 30, 35 people. I don't know exactly <laughs> the number. Yeah, you know, it's like 12 open positions on your website too, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have to have open positions. Yeah, 
Um, and we also we also have a lot of like ambassadors, as I was saying, that are more like freelancers working a few days per week for us. Uh, but when they work great, right, like we we tend to ask them if they can work more for us. <laughs> so uh, it, it's the it's the idea, of course. And um, yeah. and uh, yeah, so we, it's crazy because we're really young. Uh, I'm 27. Uh, I started this at 23, and I, I have people working with us who are like much older than me. Uh, and still, it's there's such a cool and good energy in, in that team. Like everybody's here for the good reasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we do a lot of events as well. Like it, it's a difference we have is we're very present on the music scenes. Like we organize some events, some showcases, and we take part in festivals. And we do. I don't know if you saw that, but we do a lot of free uh, call for applicants. For people hmm. to play at some showcases we organize or some partner oh. events, so people oh. can apply for free uh, to them, and we then select some artists and some bands to play there, or the partner selects them, um, and it, it, it's actually proven to be like a um, kind of a yeah very successful and 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 establishing us as a real like music brand and not only like just a platform and a and tool. Right. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> uh, there's some good questions that popped up that I, cool. I want to read. Um, and you kind of talked about this one already from uh, Che Jose. He says he used Groover, but the interface needs work. It's a little hard and slow compared to Submit Hub. And you actually mentioned the interface to me when um, when you first told me about the platform. Or not told me about it, but when you invited me onto the platform. Um, and it seems like like there's a big focus that's like one of the company's biggest focuses now is is getting like changing the front end making the filtering better etc so is there any and then i'm bringing up that question because there was another question are there any features on groover people should look out for so i guess combining those two things what should people look out for in groover that makes it unique in terms of features and what's coming up next that's probably the most exciting thing that you can share um, it, it's a really strong thing because, like, yeah, we have some steps and some stuff on the website who, like, we have like a roadmap of like so many things that we want to improve. <laughs> but and we're getting a lot of feedback from users and using that a lot. We also uh, dynamically doing some user interviews. A lot of them, especially our product team, uh, Erica, Raphael, and Matilda, doing a lot of those. Try to understand like the behaviors, what they want. Um, and how we can improve that. Um, there are a lot of things that are going to be improved in the way you can send a campaign, um, the way you manage the, this these things. Um, the filtering system, the new way it's going to be set up is going to be a huge thing, in my opinion. Uh, I think it can prove to be more successful than a lot of other stuff we've done so far. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of features, like our biggest differences, uh, in my opinion, is first the community of it's not a feature, but it's like the community of curators and professionals that you find on Groover is very different from the one you find on uh, Summit Hub. Some of them are common, but it's maybe 5%, yeah. maybe 10% maximum of the creators that are there. Um, but a lot of them are not on Summit Hub. Uh, and it's because they're using Groover in a very different way, very organic and sentimental way, um, very attached to the platform. Uh, and and using it as the like their tool for discovery, and especially you, t you talked about like the local thing. Um, 
about 1,700 traders. We have 300 in France. Uh, we have 250 in Brazil. We have close to 200 in Italy. Uh, and I know that we have many more in those like three countries that Summerhub has. Hmm. Uh, we, it's growing a lot in the U.S., but even in the U.S., the ones we have on the platform are not the same ones as on Summerhub for the most part. And it's because the, of the way we try to reach out to them, because we're very active in trying to reach out to, reaching out to them, uh, yeah. explaining how it works, educating them to how we can be interesting for them as a blog or as a content uh, creator or as a place creator. And I think it's one of the biggest differences the community will you'll find it's not the same as Summerhub. So yeah, honestly, it, I, the feedback I've gotten on on Groover has been a lot more detailed in general for rejections than compared to SubmitHub or Playlist Push. Like I would say, on average, it's two to three times longer. And to to read a random person's um, review that I found, <laughs> so you kind of have so everyone has an idea. Like so, this person re rejected my track. He said, the track's flow reminded me in a way of the most famous Linkin Park tracks. I found it interesting how you managed to implement elements contemporary to our time without losing the Y2K vibe. However, despite that, the final result doesn't really suit my type of curation. And for this reason, this time I want you to track. Thanks for submitting your song. Like, I feel like on Submit Hub, like, and there's exceptions to this. There's people who write fantastic feedback, but I feel like on Submit Hub, I would have gotten like, this was a cool track. It reminded me of Linkin Park but I don't dig it. Like, it would have been like much shorter. And most of the feedback I've gotten on Groover has been, uh, it's been, you know, like four or five sentences, which is cool. Yeah, yeah it really depends. Like to be totally honest, it's, uh, some of them are like much shorter, but like one of the things that I'm sure about is that we monitoring this very closely every day. Um, one of the recent features that wasn't there and is there for like, two to three months is the, the ability for you to rate the creators and we get yeah. this information and we act upon that a lot and we every day uh, analyze this data and try to coach the, the creators to uh, give better feedback and it doesn't mean like uh, be more gentle with the audience which is not a good feedback it's more about being more precise about why you're not sharing hmm. um, and because it can be interesting information for the artist and try to educate them about the fact that the good feedback has usually, what, what, uh, what do you think about the track, negative, positive, and then what's your decision about it? Like if you decide to share or not and why. Yeah. And it's not very complicated, but people need also to be educated to do that in the right way. Uh, oh, yeah. To bring artists to the right value. And that's why I was saying we focusing a lot on artists because we, this brings value a lot to artists at the same time. So I, I like how you, the first thing you sent me when I, when I, you invited me as a curator on there was, it was like a PDF document or maybe it was a website link PDF document that it was essentially a training guide for curators on how to, like essentially what are the ground rules? What, like how do you give artists constructive feedback in a way that is honest and will help them, but won't arbitrarily crush their hopes and dreams, <laughs> you know? And so like, it was actually pretty detailed. Whereas, um, you know, the other platforms, in some cases they have nothing. In some cases there's uh, a little bit. Um, I found your your guide on there pretty pretty thorough and, and valuable. Yeah, we spent a lot of time and we, we built it with a lot of feedback we were getting. And it's actually, we had a shorter version 
And it's actually Thiago who I told you about, who's the ambassador in Brazil. And he worked on a new version. I helped him like um, uh, tightened up and had it like very like really nice. And I was like, when we read it at the end, we're like, okay, we're very proud of this because it's it, if we have the creators all read it, you know it, they're gonna take it into account because it's it makes so much sense when you read it that yeah. that it, that it, it is gonna it's gonna help and I think it's one of the parts that's important and the other thing I think is um, about the quality of the feedback that you can get and stuff is that one of the differences that we let the creators um, answer within seven days compared to forty eight hours I love, I love that as a yeah. curator um, as an artist I think it's actually kind of kind of good too on. Um, I, I wish Submit Hub would have an option to increase it because the 48-hour thing on the curator side kind of sucks. Because <laughs> it's like if you're, if you're busy, it's just like they just all expire, you know? Um, and you they have weekend modes and stuff. And on the flip side, the two-week thing and playlist push is kind of long. Um, I, I like the – I feel like seven days is a nice sweet spot. Although I kind of wish everyone – and, you know, feel free to take this feedback or not – should have like maybe each curator can pick what they want. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it could be an interesting way to see, to see it, and um, and and I think the seven days came from the fact that first we did a lot of interviews, and actually artists were not telling us we expected that in two days. So I was like, why hmm. should we ask for the crazy that? And we actually had very few critics about that, like from the audience saying it yeah. takes too much time. It's, I'm, I'm not even sure it happened even once. And we got like more than 15,000 requests and like things about that. So, yeah. and we didn't, like people were not finding this too long. Um, yeah. And so one of the things, and the other thing is, maybe you didn't say that it's a, a pricing point is a bit more expensive. Uh, so with the new uh, currency rate between euro and dollars, it's going to be uh, it's going to be more interesting for you guys in the U.S. <laughs> at some point, but yeah. uh, uh, but um, but we're a bit more expensive, and it was not because we wanted to like get more money or anything. It's that because we thought that it was a better way to uh, bring responsibility to the artists in choosing who they want to get in touch with. Because since it's yeah. more, they're more expensive, they would be more picky as well on who they want to get in touch with, um, and actually proved to be quite useful because. Um, with that, with the uh, recommendation algorithm, with the filtering system that's getting improved, we can see like over the month, and it's going to be even improved in the coming month. We can see yeah. that the targeting is better. Um, many more curators are receiving tracks that are more relevant regarding what they want to receive actually. Um, and so we try to push that in that direction, um, which doesn't mean making it more expensive, but I feel that because it's a bit more expensive by contact, it's also yeah. being more responsibility to choose the right ones. I don't think it's, like some, I don't think you're that much more expensive actually, because uh, it's like two euros by contact. It's two um, two euros for most of the curators on there, which is yeah. only two dollars and four cents. And yeah. on Submit Hub, probably going to be less <laughs> because I heard a lot about like the fact that it's inverting the the, the, the currency rate between euro and dollars. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been kind of diving diving down. I don't know which direction it's diving down, but anyways, you know, on on um on SubmitHub, it's like I think if you buy credits in bulk, it's eighty cents a credit. So it's like 
Um, you know, if you're submitting to a one credit playlister, yeah, it's it's way cheaper. But a lot of the curators on there require two credits. And so then it's like pretty much the same as Groover. And there's even some that have three. And I know you guys do have a, a yeah. pro mode or, or like larger yeah, curator thing. Pros, yeah, uh, it's for like 3% of them. So it's very selective mm. for now. It's, it was a way for us more to bring people we weren't able to bring first, and especially like in French rap, because people, uh, it's, I don't know if you've heard like, but like French rap, it's huge. It's crazy because in France, like the top 50 is only French rap. It's crazy. Uh, it's like, it's rap is probably, uh, France is the place where rap is the biggest. It doesn't mean wow. that like uh, the biggest country for rap is France. It's definitely the US, but yeah. it means that, uh, like in France, it's like the proportion of French rap. <laughs> I gotta say, so out of the um, out of the French artists I've done consultations with, um, I think they've all been rappers. But it actually hasn't been that many. It's kind of strange, actually. I think I've only talked to less than five people from France, which is strange considering that I, I feel like I've talked to more people from like from more obscure countries i don't want to name any countries but <laughs> like france like i don't know i feel like it would have bumped into more people from france um than than some of these other some some other countries that i bumped into repeated people on but maybe uh, what's the population of france <laughs> maybe that's it's, why it's uh 65 million i think okay it's quite big. it's quite big uh, but the the market like the, the size um the native share of like the music market is probably four to five percent of the overall market, while yeah. like the US is fifty percent, I think, uh, or between yeah. thirty-five to fifty. So it's like it's like <laughs> just yeah. a common measure. It's uh, but it's still like a big market. Um, there, there's a very strong local market, um, and so we have like some creators there that are very big media offers for French rap. Uh, yeah. that we were only able to bring because we were like valuing their time a bit more. Right. Um, um, so it, it was one of the reasons why we created that tier. Um, and yeah, it's, it's two years by contract. And we also have like, that's what I wanted to say. We also have some credit packages. Some, uh, so you can also buy in bulk. On oh yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I think yeah, the, oh. the very uh, first I, time I used Groover, um, be yeah. before I talked to you, I didn't know that. Um, and I just paid like full price for them, <laughs> and then but we have a welcome offer. We have a welcome offer. So when you yeah. use it for the first time, uh, if you select more than fifteen, you have five percent. If you select more than thirty, you have ten percent. So you have some okay. welcome offer, but very close to what the packages do actually. Okay. Um, cool. So it's not like and and then we try to like tell you, hey, you have some packages that you can use. Um, we also like pop up like a message or something. Yeah. Um, but they're very interesting. Like if, if it's a platform you want to use multiple times or for multiple artists, like definitely use the packages. Uh, you gotta save like twenty five percent of some campaigns, twenty percent. It's it's yeah. gonna it's gonna help you get in touch with like fifty more creators or something like this. So yeah. Yeah. Really good question from Btox. Can you share any real success stories of artists using Groover? Is there a model where you get your money back if the pitches don't work? I believe the answer to that one is no. Um, I'm just skeptical of these kinds of pitch sites. So I guess like, can you share any real success stories of artists using Groover? Um, yeah. And then we'll, we'll talk about the second half after that. Yeah, of course. Um, 
So um, we've actually started, um, which shows also our focus on artists, an artist accelerator program, which is called Groove Obsessions. Um, we've been we've been supporting around 50 artists right now. It's a bit more now. It's close to 60, and it's really like one of the top priorities in terms of how we diversify our activity. Um, and um, a lot of those artists have some great success. So. I'm not going to say like we have like a Billie Eilish thing because it's not it's not the case. So at least we don't know about it, <laughs> which is possible. Uh, but we really have some artists who have gone from sending a demo or sending a first single and really being able to reach like 50k monthly listeners, 100k monthly listeners, stuff like that. So um, yeah. not only with Groover but with really a group of helping. So we have a French rapper called Alvin Chris, who's performing really well. Uh, there's an artist called Mathieu Saikani in France, saying, um, uh, we have some examples, a lot of artists who have signed with cool record label. Um, we have, we have some, we had some artists signing with uh, Kitsune, which is one of the very cool bands we have here in France, um, who's like the record label of Parcells, maybe you with them. Um, and we had, um, some bands are, sing, are signing on the label of uh, Chinese Man Records. Um, some going strong with Electroposé, which is one of the biggest electronic music, chill electronic music channel, more than one million followers. So it's more about, yeah. we, we realize that like, artist development and development is really, it's something that's um, slow and takes a lot of time and takes a lot of work. You know, you know everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Seeing like in three years, in three years, like someone is going from a point and going to a point where we see, okay, they're on the verge, like they can definitely, yeah. if they take the right decision and they have the right entourage, they're really on the verge of something. Um, and something really um, yeah. interesting. That, that's, like a, some, that's a really good point you said where like, you know, even the artists that have like all these monthly listeners and stuff at that use Groover, and maybe had like a huge growth during the period they used it. Um, it's not like in most cases, any one, any one thing you do isn't going to be the thing that makes you successful. So it's yeah. like Groover is almost always likely one part of a larger paid marketing strategy. And um, it's a part of a strategy for sure. Um, and it, and, it and might, in some cases it might be insanely important for that yeah. strategy. In other cases it might be small, but um, that's, you know, um, a lot of people, I feel like, with anything in music marketing, they like to think they can do just like one thing. That's yeah. going to turn them into like Billie Eilish or whatever. Um, but it's most likely not the case. <laughs> yeah, and the way we see we see it also is, if I can add, like, uh, I'm thinking of one story. There's like a French rapper called it's a Baby Jack, so it's literally Baby Jack, Jack or Baby Jack, and. Uh, He's become really strong, and he's been featured on uh, a Netflix a Netflix TV series called Nouvelle-Cal. It's like a, a, a rap school like series and stuff. And he's become huge, and he's uh, around like an older viral 50 and top 15 friends thanks to that. But before that, like all the early work was done through a contest that we organized in Google um, mm. with a very famous YouTube uh, influencer there and rapper called the the the. It's, in French, it would be the dirty uh, reviewer, uh, and he's doing a lot of like very, and he's very followed by a lot of people for French rap, and he's against like, yes, wearing wearing a mask and stuff. And so we did a contest with this guy, and we decided to support that artist, and we 
help him get into like a very cool like inside podcast. We filmed a live session with him and another very cool media outlet. We pushed him a lot, and, and we see that like he's been growing. He's been like scouted by like the net Netflix for best TV series, and now he's become really huge. Like yes, all his tracks have reached like one million. They have people who are like binge listening to his music. In like a, yeah. in a crazy way um, that you can have like a brand trap in some uh, in some occasions, um, and we've seen that that happening. So Google is really a part. Like it's not the reason why you're breaking out, but it's part of it. And the the, the second thing I want to say is that we've seen we're seeing so many now very important independent record labels and even major record labels using Google for their releases. Yeah. So. Um, and really cool artists, and we see the artists are like, no, they didn't use Groover, it's not possible. <laughs> and we see that and they're like, and they actually get some great results and they want to work again with us and they contact us and see like, how can you help us? Um, and so we see that as like also proof that it's bringing value to artists from for a whole different kind of like the levels of development for the artists who are using Groover is so bad from the, the, the artist releasing his first track to, uh, to a band like uh, I told like no we got Ninja Tune like you know Ninja Tune uh, they use in Google for their releases now it's like a very big record label in the UK um, nice it's done uh, electronic music a lot they have like they work with Bonobo and, and people like that Eric Abadu and stuff like that. so mm. they're working on stuff like that and uh, they're insanely like picky and very like like it's an amazing brand like a lot of artists would dream to sign with Ninja Tune yeah. um, they're using Groover for as part of their like marketing and promotion campaign, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that that must feel awesome to have like this platform that you built just like a couple of years ago. Uh, now you're having these these kind of people that you look up to and these these companies using your platform. Like that's that's yeah. must be kind yeah, of surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's it's I think it's uh, it's complicated to have some. Uh, uh, like to see from the outside a bit and realize what's happening, and uh, and it's really cool. But it's and it's also because it's not over at all. Like we have so much, so yeah. many things to do. Um, and in a way, like when you when you manage a YouTube channel and you're able to get in touch with so many people, you have so many people watching your videos and getting back to you. It's it, you have you have like a lot of success with that as well. And I think maybe I don't know how if you like. You realize it as something that's like you're totally aware of, or it's like something you're like you're into, so you don't realize it. So it's I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Thing. It's like I, I've had people, um, you know, I'll talk to them, and, and then they'll be like, like you are the reason why I I am where I am, and I'm like, oh, well, like, thanks. <laughs> like it's it's kind of weird to say. Like, I, I love it. When, you know, obviously everyone loves getting hearing stuff like that, but it's it is kind of weird, like. Um, the first few times someone told me that and I was like, you know, it was just like, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, like, really? <laughs> like my videos did like made that much of an impact in your life. And it's, um, then I talked to, to someone else who like their friend, like got my course a year ago or so. And he went from almost zero to like a couple hundred thousand monthly listeners. And, and he was saying how he like attributes, like your course is what made, helped make him have that happen. And, and I was just like, like what? <laughs> like, you know, it's 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 always it's, it's just nuts when when you f see the thing that you made kind of like make a positive impact because, you know, it's it's like to 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 you you're just in the moment working on it, and you see like the little little stepping stones that you're helping people make, 
Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, we helped this artist hit the hit 10,000 monthly listeners for the first time. Or we helped them hit 1,000 followers. Um, what you don't see or you might not notice is, like, maybe that person used your stuff, like, a year ago. And then they used it every month leading up to now. And so, you, you like, they might have literally come from zero to, like, some big number over that time. And it's it's kind of weird. Like, you kind of lose the forest for the trees so to speak <laughs> yeah and, and there are some like some highlights and some high points um i, I told you about like album chris he, he's singing in france so um it's like he's a rapper and it, like around pop and he's like has so much charisma and um and like he's become a friend like uh, over the over the years um and he's been using Google a lot and and so we booked him like we we were able to have him booked on mama festival which is kind of a small south by festival. It's, it's the closest equivalent to south by in france and on a big stage um and and i invited him on the conference we were giving about google obsessions and what we wanted to do there um and we were just the two of us on the stage and he told i didn't know what he was going to say but he he talked about his experience of guru and he started i was like what he's saying, and I was like, at first he was like, yeah, I used Google at first, and I sent my first draft, and I got so many, like, uh, I got bashed a lot. <laughs> and I got, like, <laughs> telling me that uh, the mix is not uh, at the level, um, that it was not, like, original enough, and stuff like that. And he, he ended up saying, and, and it was probably, like, very true. Like, <laughs> it was true, and, I, and, and because he was rapping, but he was also producing his own production. He realized that he was better at like embodying in, in, in it and, and rapping than yeah. producing. That he should probably work with some other beat makers and producers. And so he started like collaborating with some other people, and he actually got a big brag on TikTok at some point with one of his tracks and another mm. one. And then he signed with a big distributor um, and still working a bit with us, uh, and and then booked on festivals and doing some very big openings and stuff. And really grew from there. And he said like, his first like feedback I got. And then the first people who actually liked my new music were from Groover and, 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 and I still use it a lot and it's helping me. And then, so it was like very emotional. Like, and, and yeah. at the same time it was like, this is exactly the path that we're trying to, to build like for artists then, that are ready to, to um, take the most out of it because it can be very tough sometimes like to get some negative feedback on music and, yeah and get some artists who are like really pissed and stuff and what's and your um it. what's your average acceptance rate across the whole platform it's quite high actually it's um we say 20 percent, but it's closer to 25 it is, um, it is high a lot of people don't realize that like yeah. I, i've talked to people where they're like i submitted to like 20 different curators on submit hub or whatever and i only get accepted to two and i was or like two or three and i'm like honestly like that's good you know yeah 10 percent um, is solid and 25 is, is really high i wonder if i wonder if bad. yours is higher because um like you have the localization stuff so those artists are gonna like there's less competition for them so that brings up the average and then maybe since you you guys haven't like you're still expanding into some markets there's less competition, maybe. I think I think it's yeah, there's a lot of factors. Um, there's the fact that some of the creators that we have are really determined, and especially this localization thing helps a lot. Like we see it in Brazil, for instance, they have 
high acceptance rate, especially when they receive Brazilian music. But they also like music from elsewhere. Like they like Brazilian, they love music. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. They can accept tracks in Italian, French, and, and, and push them like yeah. hell. So it's, it's interesting. Um, and uh, at the same time. I think it's also because we're a bit more expensive, we're a bit smaller, we work a lot on that kind of attribution of helping the audience choose the creators they want to get in touch with. Mm -hmm. So there's not as much saturation. I think the creators are seeing fewer tracks. So they're more eager to dedicate more time to each one. And also we focusing a lot on the quality, like the way we acquire users, we acquire artists and we focus on uh, um, talking to artists so they can join the platform. Yeah, probably brings artists who are maybe right now for for a, a part of them that maybe a bit more high, quite high quality on average that some of the ones that maybe submitted Summit Hub or maybe it's also because on Summit Hub you have so many tracks like you see so many yeah. tracks as a creator at some point it becomes like some kind of like factory of, of feedback it's really what <laughs> you don't want to end up being yeah um, I, I so, just checked my own Groover stats for my artist account and I've t in total I've sent 68 or I've gotten 68 responses and I've had yeah. 16 shares and one promise to share so 17 out of 68 yeah. which if I do the math that's really strong that's that really comes strong. to 25% which is exactly your platform average um, yeah no but it's it's really it, it's really strong like it's 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 close to like 20% like it's very direct like we have some that are like yeah. 2% Right, you know, it's like another. It's some who are like accepted by everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's really like it's really like the the elasticity of this is very 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 big. Yeah, yeah the one one thing I've told a couple people um, when they ask me because I you know I talk a ton about Facebook ads and stuff, but when people ask me what switch they use for playlisting, um, I'll say you know I'll say try Submit Hub, Groover, Playlist Push. But what I've what I tell some people is, like instead of going all in with your credits on a certain platform, especially for your first time, like you'll find that each platform kind of suits a slightly different demographic and genre or whatever. And so one song might do better on playlist push than it would do on you guys or Submit Hub. And like for yeah. example, um, my alternative metal project. I submitted like to 20, 30 curators on Submit Hub, zero percent. And the problem was, actually, I don't, I don't think we could do 20 or 30. I don't think there, there was enough in the genre to even select any relevant curators. But we got a zero percent acceptance rate, and there weren't many options. Um, I wouldn't dare take it to Playlist Push. Like Playlist Push in general, I made a video on it comparing them to Submit Hub, and the conclusion was, don't use them just purely because of how expensive it is per yeah. like per pitch compared to to both of you guys but in that well that video yeah. was just comparing to submit hub but it's still way more like way more expensive than you guys and um so i would recommend people if they have a budget they want to spend on curation probably spend a little bit on several platforms you can't really do that with playlist push but then see what feedback you get from each platform. And you might find that um, Submit Hub doesn't work for your genre, where it works on Groover. And I've noticed that on the curator side, the types yeah. of music I get as a curator on Groover are completely different than the types of music I get on yeah. Submit Hub, um, which is kind of strange, but you know, it, 
for whatever reason, it seems like certain types of people have flocked to you than the ones who have flocked to them. That, that, that's that's really like a, that's really a, a big thing. It's um, that's what I was saying about the difference in the communities of creators on both platforms. And it's because also we put some focus on some specific genres and some specific countries. We try to be um, really um, have uh, people from everywhere and every genre. genre. But we, we have like naturally some things, some places in which we are stronger than others. And I, as I told you, I had like an indie rock blog and yeah. also, Jason also had like some kind of like indie music blog. So um, even on Groover, like we, when you do indie pop, you've got to find a lot of contacts like <laughs> for sure. Um, more than like on other like uh, uh, verticals. But, and at first we, like in France, everybody was standing on like, why don't we have like some rap media artists? And then we cracked it, like we cracked this, like the French rap bubble. Yeah. Um, and, and for example, for hip hop in English, um, six months ago, we didn't have like a lot of them, like just a few. Now we have more, like we don't have like as many as I would want to, uh, but we didn't have a lot before yeah. and we had to work a lot to bring more. Um, so it's really interesting on that uh, to see how different like the, the populations can be there and, and difference in investors you can get. And for players, Bush, I, I agree with you, but I also used it and I think I had like different kind of results. And um, what, no, what I noticed is that it actually works really well when you have a particular track that already works great with some um, a Spotify plays created. So if you get some great results, for instance, on Summit Hub or Groover, it, and you have some budget, it might be a good idea to yeah. do a Facebook campaign. Because you will have like a better and um, acceptance rate that it because it means that kind of like your track is strong with voice creators in general in a way, and yeah. it can bring you like a big push. But but I wouldn't use it at first. Like I wouldn't use yeah, it yeah. at when you're beginning uh, like your audience uh, building and you're trying to reach out to the first people that might like music. I would better use it. If you have a track that's very strong, that's getting a lot of very, very positive response, and you feel that it can act, act as a very big boost. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think another application of it is um, labels that they don't care about the difference in spending yeah. like $2 a submission or 5 bucks a submission because for them it's like who cares anyways. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously they care about the money, but like they're, they might be spending 15 grand in a music video. So for, for them to spend... 200 versus 700 it's kind of like whatever yeah. especially when it saves time exactly um, so I, I think like that's where playlist push is, is kind of a no-brainer for, for that because it just it saves so much time you just pick a genre or enter in some artists and it's like boom done and and that's where that, that groover define your budget thing is nice too because you can save shave off some time yeah, spend for more the label time. spend more time yeah because sure. you know if the label is is paying their employee let's say like i don't know 30 dollars an hour but then with healthcare and benefits, they're paying $60 an hour to keep that employee there or whatever. Um, you know, it's like, do you want to have them spend an hour messing around with buttons on a website or just like pay the money, save more money to save them time and go have them make money, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. Uh, Carlos yeah. in the chat said, Groover seems better for metal, which is, <laughs> I'll have to try it. <laughs> It's fun because actually, it, I think it comes from a different uh, for different reasons. Um, 
Um, so I'm, I don't know metal really well. Like I, I, I've always been like a rock music fan, but more on the soft part of it. Like mm. <laughs> I, I like hard rock in, 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 in a way, but and and a lot of bands from like the eighties, nineties. Um, but I, I didn't know a lot about metal, um, and and so we we realized that because we had a lot of feedback from people in France telling us about how it's important to have a dedicated metal genre and different subgenres in that. And when we started doing that, and and we started to reach out to people in France in the metal music scene, started something. Uh, we had, we had also contests at some point just before COVID, so. The festival didn't happen, but it was um, called the Metalhead Convention. It was done huge in France. Uh, and we had a partnership with them and trying to have people fly. It didn't happen in, in the end because of COVID, so it was canceled. But it was a way to like initiate a way of like being linked with metal, metal music. And then we have Luis, who's working as an ambassador for Spain and Latin America. And he's all like a hard rock and metal um, um, person and a musician and he brought a lot of creators from that scene in those countries and I think it triggered something uh, that makes rock music and metal music very welcome on Twitter. All music is welcome, but it's more like yeah. you can get cool results from some creators there that are dedicated to those music genres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Betox, is it better to send a single before it goes live on Spotify or after once it's gained some streams, thus plays? Um, my opinion on it, well, it depends if you're doing Facebook ads or not. Often I'll tell people if they're doing like a big Facebook ad campaign to do that on release day and stagger your playlisting a little bit after so that like you can quantify what your ads are doing. And then once you add the playlisting, you have a baseline for your ads. So now you know what the playlisting's doing. So, because otherwise you have to figure out the data. It's kind of a hot mess. Um, but I would say, aside from that, because you can submit tracks before they're released on Groover, right? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting and important question. I, I have an answer, and I don't know if it's the right one, but it's been the one that's been working for us since the beginning. Um, so we have an article in our FAQ about it that I wrote or something. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, it depends on the types of people you're reaching out to. Um, in in um, for Spotify playlists, we advise that you send it on release day or after, because mm -hmm. they will have access that way to the Spotify link to your track. While before that, they don't have it, and it's sometimes it's an argument for them to reject the track. Because they're like, oh, the link is not available yet. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna log in in the in the like the next week or so. Or so. so it's, since it's not on Spotify, I'm gonna reject it. And a lot of like the place creators actually tell us, I don't want to receive tracks that are not released on Spotify yet. Um, it's it's an important part because um, because I, I I understand that that point of view on that side. Uh, and at the same time, it's risky because if you send in a real estate, yeah. you're not going to get a lot of plays in the first days. But it's not a big problem because we realize that actually um, you're usually able to trigger the algorithmic playlist when you're uh, consistent in your yeah. first weeks of, like, of streams. It's not like you have a peak and then it goes down. It's more about um, if you get into a playlist seven days after your release, 
two weeks after you release, one month after you release, and it's always bringing your, your curve a bit up, it's always a good sign, like for the algorithm. Yeah. Suddenly we see some tracks getting into like a Discover Weekly, one month, two months, three months after release, yeah. because they're having a peak at that point. Um, so we more on, on, I would advise more for that, especially for Spotify players. Then if you get in touch with blogs or radios, you can send them before. Um, and same goes for record labels, of course. You need, if you want to get a record label, you need to send it to them like yeah. much earlier. But it's like you, you couldn't work and say, I'm working on something else, just like initiate the conversation as well. Um, it really depends on the people you get in touch with. But for Spotify players, I would advise on release day. Um, because of the way they they treat their submissions, which is less less like a blog where you need time to prepare, review something. Like a place creator, you accept it, you add it to your playlist, and like it takes right. a few seconds. Um, so it's more about about that. 